Racing. It's green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico. And he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Yes, third and final uh, Green Light On Premier Racing podcast for this week. It's been a big, big week of Greyhound Racing. The launching pad, the Ballarat Cup, followed by Saturday night, uh, Melbourne Greyhound Racing at the Meadows. Nice 12-race program. Hopefully a few winners to be found. And, of course, the Golden Easter Egg on Saturday night as well. So we might just head north of the border for our inside info segment regarding the Golden Easter Egg. We'll touch on that and the Association Cup as well as the Meadows in just a moment. But we'll start with our run of the week from last Saturday night. Run of the week. I probably should mention to Corey Smith in sick bay at the moment, not feeling 110%. So we've given Smithy the week off. Uh, I feel like I'm uh, really driving this ship on my own at the moment, so I'll be looking forward to getting uh, Smithy back on. And Dan Hibbert, I'll chase him up for a chat next week as well, post the uh, the running at the launching pad on Thursday night. But last Saturday night, um, I was calling down at the Meadows, and I thought the way Hana Rico was able to win race number three, ducking and weaving, uh, hitting the line like a jet, taking out the restricted win final. As he crossed the line, I thought that was run of the week. Off and racing, and Nelvin Baylor touched low to begin off the inside. He is going to use the draw underneath of Aston Wyatt to kick through and lead. So Nelvin Bale went out to lead by a length and a half. Aston Wyatt to third, Petzl Baylor. Around them goes Zandra Bale. And Hana Rico's tracked up to fifth. He just needs the runs to open. He's finishing like a train. Then Waypoint Whiskey, clear over Barrows and Blue Tick Mayer, the leader, Nelvin Bale. But at Hana Rico, the danger loomed off his back, levelled up, turning for home. And it's at Hana Rico taking. Nelvin Bale at Hanariko too good. Won it by three quarters, Nelvin Bale. It's a big win at Hanariko. He looked a big chance in the race, but the draw was the challenge. He was able to overcome that, drop the rail and, and prove too good. I tipped Nelvin Bale on top and I think I said after the race, he did everything right. He went 5-10, broke 30 himself and then gets ran down by Adhana Rico. So it wasn't to be for Nelvin Bale, but he did everything right. But, um, yeah, after that early trouble, Adhana Rico checked at box rise, checked trying to get to the rail. Once he got there, um, he's picked them up and gone 29-9. It was an extraordinary run. I, I think the way he's going right now, if you solo trialled him around the meadows, he'd have to go 29-75. He's going that well. Saturday's preview. Saturday night, Greyhound Racing at the Meadows. Uh, we'll touch on Sydney as well here on this preview. First at the uh, the Meadows, 6.37. Race number one over the 600, mix six and seven. Um, I'm going with Treasure Tears on top. I think the, uh, the form line from last week, chasing home Starburst Candy, and then the form... The week prior, chasing Starburst Candy, I think both very good runs. So uh, she looks set to uh, to continue on the winning ways for connections. Rob Britton, the Zaza Syndicate, and also uh, the Litter, Goodsy and Freaky Tears after Trooper and Trapper Tears went 1-2 in the launching pad. So I'm with Treasure Tears to continue on the run. Race number two, I'm pretty keen here on Never Be Alone number two. I just think speed maps, as uh, she always does out in front, there's not a... An extraordinary amount of strength in the race either. So if she is high rolling three or four lengths clear, which she should be, um, I think she can go close. Ran down by Trappeteers three runs ago. That's no mean feat, only going down by half a length to him. So I'll go with number two. Race three, I'm going with the speed of Cosmic Sin number three. Um, I think he'll go straight to the front and lead. Uh, I think the Meadows suits him. It's a front runner's track, and he will need to pinch a break on the mid-race. He was ran down at Warnable, but in quick time, 
And I think from the front, he'll be hard to beat. Race four, I like seven. Ailey Bale, run was enormous last week. Race five, going number six, Incineration. I think will be a, an each-way price. Can be a little bit hit or miss lately. Um, if it's hit like it was four starts ago, 5.07.30.06. I think he wins if he runs that here. Race number six, I'm going with four Storm Stroller. I think he has the speed to find the front. Good effort behind Mapunga Warrior in a free-for-all, and I think this is easier uh, then that particular race. Race number seven, I'm going one Petzel Bale. Race eight, uh, final leg of the quaddy. Play nice. We're just going to keep tipping him until he wins one. Um, might be the right race for him. No speed either side. That could be the key. Play nice number four for me. Uh, race number nine, I'm going seven extravagance on top. I think extreme range will lead, but I'm um, just not convinced about the way extreme range finishes off the races. Race number 10, going the value here of number eight, Jigglypuff. Uh, we're going to hold our breath early, just hoping that uh, she can get into a position because she was a big run here last week. The other one I don't mind is Master Ogilvy, number six, but they're both drawn awkwardly. Race 11, I'm going with seven, Kanji Tank. Uh, if... Uh, if it wasn't for the run of Adhana Rico, Kanji Tank was the run of the week last week. A huge performance. Um, checked at the first corner, um, spat to the outside, really, and, and just picked them off one by one to run second. It was a huge run last week, so happy to go there. Race 12, the last. I'm going number nine, Mystery Chill. Um, yes, I'm going with the reserve. Number five's a scratching already, bull catcher, so the nine's a 50% chance to get a run. And I think in this race, where there's not a great deal of depth, I can see Mystery Chill leading... When she leads, uh, she's a flying machine. 27.86, three starts ago at Bendigo with immense early speed. So she lands in front. She'll give them something to catch there in the last. Hunters Punting Club. Okay, well, the Punters Punting Club is a chance for us to look at Greyhound Racing in New South Wales for the Golden Easter Egg in the Association Cup. Now, for what it's worth, I think the Association Cup's a really tricky race. I'm tipping number one, Ritz of Piper, to win that. Corborn Magic's clearly the dog to beat. Um, but Corborn Magic is Corborn Magic. We'll get back and we'll require luck. But if he gets it, um, he's the uh, superior stayer. But the Punners Punning Club this week, we're going to head north. Uh, gamble responsibly, of course. I like Baby JC to win the Golden Easter Egg for uh, Mr. Douglas of Heathgate, trained out of Victoria. I think this is her chance. She's had three Group 1 attempts. Every single time has drawn box number eight. She goes to box number one. She ran a cracking second in the Futurity in Sydney. Um, she's been making every big final of late. I think this is her chance to shine. Now, Custard Manelli in two's got the pace to challenge her early, but I think if baby JC holds him out, I think it's her race to lose. So I'm pretty keen on number one. The three is the, the smoky Simply Limelight because if the one and two cut at each other, Simply Limelight could get the best run you've ever seen. Obviously, Elite Alex drawn box eight. He's, uh, he's some sort of chance, given a bit of luck early. But I'm going to go $25 each way on Baby JC. I think she's going to be mighty, mighty hard to beat in the Golden Easter Egg on Saturday night. Inside Info. Well, we're breaking the Inside Info rules a little bit on this podcast this week with the Golden Easter Egg being ran and won over the weekend in New South Wales. I thought uh, we had to touch base with this amazing feel-good story from New South Wales of a young trainer who spent... Uh, the majority of her life involved in greyhound racing, producing and promoting for the sport of greyhound racing, and now finds herself a co-trainer of one of the runners in the Golden Easter Egg Belmont Bullet. Uh, she is Sky Racing's lead greyhound producer, uh, gun trainer, gun co-trainer as well. I speak of Kat Ernst, who's been kind enough to jump on the Melbourne podcast and have a chat. How are you, Kat? 
Yeah, good thanks, James. It's uh, been a whirlwind of a week and we're just trying to soak up all of, I guess, the atmosphere that's going on with it. It's something you never think you're going to achieve, I guess, and to be in it, it's just a dream. Hey, let's let's talk a little bit about the uh, the post race interview because that caught my eye. I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, all greyhound racing, even though here in Victoria we love to promote our own product. I, I thought the uh, the interview that you gave, uh, I think it was Mark Duclos who was interviewing uh, for the dogs um, after that race, was extraordinary, and it was just such a, a great insight into how passionate and and how much you love the sport of greyhound racing, and and then to be. I guess on the other end of the the fence, you're always the producer trying to to make the interviews happen. But it was it was your chance to shine and, and show your emotion. Yeah, it's uh, funny as a producer, I always say to Lincoln when he's doing the interviews, or Jason Adams, or even myself when I'm doing that. If you sense that they're getting any little bit of weakness, just go for the jugular, make them cry because it just makes such a great story and. Yeah, to um, Lincoln even said the other day the irony wasn't lost on him that I was bawling my eyes out and they didn't have to say a thing. It was a dream for the interviewer, cat because literally all they had to do was poke <laughs> the microphone your way. <laughs> yeah, no, it was like it was just so surreal. I guess we obviously went into the race. The dog had won one fifth grade there, I think, in about 14 or 15 starts. And not that we didn't know he had the ability. I mean, he's always been a fast dog and loves the gardens, loves Gosford but has just never really taken a liking to Wentworth Park. And I guess going into the series, we were just, we put him in because the noms um, were extended and they were shorter noms. And there was a, a little while to go for the feature races that we wanted to target with him. So we only really put him in there to fill some time because I was going down there for work for Sky anyway. Um, and yeah, then he made it through the semis. It was actually, wasn't a bad run in the heats. He got fought um, down the back straight and, Probably, I mean, the, the winner went 29.40 odd. He was never going to run that, but should have finished a lot closer than what he did. And then, yeah, um, we sort of went into the semifinals just thinking, oh, you know, it's just a, a, great, a great buzz to be there and not really expecting much at 50 to 1. And, yeah, when he jumped like he did, it was just, I think that's what made me cry. Just I was just not expecting it and um, – just the shock of it all. It was just, yeah, it was just amazing. And the, the raw emotion, though, to, to be in your position training greyhounds with your partner, Joseph, and, and preparing a greyhound for a golden Easter egg, and like you say, not expecting it, 60 to 1. Um, I think Maddie Jackson, the caller, went, we've got a massive blowout here. Um, I guess the shock adds even more excitement to the fact you've just made one of the great races on the greyhound racing calendar. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean... That's what it was. I was just stunned. And, um, you know, Joe and I, it, I guess it all, it, it's such a build-up of emotion because you breed these pups. Like we race, we bought his mum as a pup and raced her and then bred the litter. We whelped them ourselves. We reared them ourselves. They've, other than the two weeks that they got broken in, they've never left the property. Um, and I guess, like, you, you feel like a parent. Um, you just feel so proud of them when they do that. And I guess it was a bit of a relief too, because as I said, we've always known the dogs had ability. Um, and he's just probably never shown it down at Wentworth Park. And yeah, I think I was just absolutely shocked. He just picked the perfect night to do it. And I think that was a lot of, a lot of the reaction too. 
for sure. Let's let's wait to have a look at the uh, the, the big one, the Golden Easter Egg, and chat a little bit about your journey in greyhound racing. You, you've been involved for such a long time. Can you tell us a, a little bit about the, the life of Cat Ernst in greyhound racing? Well, Joe and I are both from racing families. He grew up in Alexandria in the middle of Sydney uh, on Belmont Street. That's where we get our name from, Belmont Racing. So... Um, and then he moved to Tamworth and his sort of dad and his family were always involved in the dogs. And that's how we met. We met at Maitland Dogs. Um, so it was pretty romantic, <laughs> as you can imagine. Um, but myself, my my family's been in it since well and truly before I was born. My dad was a trot trainer, uh, race caller, and my uncle, he did train a thoroughbred. Um, but he's had dogs since the 60s and him and my grandma. Um, I guess they trained together and since I was little I was an only child um I spent a lot of my time at their place growing up and have just always loved the dogs I still remember Gary has these real old school kennels where they're indoor outdoor kennels and they've got this big long cement run and he used to they used to have day beds that they used to put them out in the sun and that used to be my day I just used to go and get my own bed and lay on the sun in the sun next to the dogs it was um yeah I was just growing up with the dogs it's just what you love Beautiful memories, and, and now to be where you are, lining up in a in a golden Easter egg final. It's a it's a full life transition. You you play the role as the lead greyhound producer. Uh, how how do you find doing that? Living in a little town, I believe, called Dungog. I'm not sure if I've got the the pronunciation yeah, right of that. Right. Um, you're about three hours from from the heart of Sydney, training greyhounds, working. How do you juggle it all? It's uh it's definitely busy. It's definitely a team effort. Um. Joe works, as I said, we've been together nine years. We sort of got serious about it maybe maybe three three years ago. We bought this place two and a half years ago and um, we're very fortunate he's able to work from home. He uh, works for a corporate bookmaker um, and he works from home, does that, and Sky are very, very good. They let me work from home half the time. So, yeah, it's um, definitely without that flexibility it wouldn't be able to happen. Um very fortunate for that um but yeah it's um it's crazy like I'm now post-covid starting to travel again like next week I'm going to Perth so you definitely have to forward plan um I've already sort of mapped out the week next week we've got dogs next Wednesday racing at Tariam Wentworth Park and dad's going down to Wentworth Park and Joe's going to Taree so it's definitely all hands on deck my dad he was really crook 18 months ago we nearly lost him and he pulled through and now he's one of our biggest helpers. He comes to the track and touches with me and goes trialing with me and he's an enormous help. And Joe's dad, Alan, he stays down with us for weeks at a time just to help out and take a little bit of the pressure off. So we're very appreciative for all the help we get. Seeing the success in your job of other people winning these big races, how how does that make you feel going into this Golden Easter Egg this year, knowing that, that you're on the other side of the fence? Yeah, it's, it's going to be strange because I've stood behind the boxes so many times with my phone or a cameraman waiting to get the reaction of whoever's won it. And um, yeah, it's going to be completely different, I guess, standing there watching your own dog. I just, yeah, I don't even know if I can describe what it's going to be like. Um, it's going to be something totally bizarre because you always, I guess, hope that you're going to make it into these big races, but you certainly never expect it or take it for granted. So yeah, I don't know. I'll just see what happens. Um, they've already, already said after my semi-final performance, <laughs> if, um, if he happens to get up, they'll, 
they'll have the vet on standby to tranquilize me. So <laughs> that's probably a good idea. The journey of Belmont Bullet, uh, this greyhound, you you welt uh, did everything with, as you mentioned, barring the break-in process. And and you also mentioned a moment ago that your dad, eighteen months ago, he was he was battling for his life. What what does it mean if you dare to dream winning a golden Easter egg, not just for you, but for the family, for Joe, for everybody involved, making this this team effort work. I guess it's hard to comprehend. Um, I can't even say what it would mean at this stage. I, I guess it, anything, uh, prize money aside, I mean, the prize money just goes back into the industry. That's a given. But I guess it just um, just validates the choices that we've made to sort of launch into the industry and give it our crack. And, you know, we've had to work up from the ground up with, you know, dogs that other trainers are sort of passed on that haven't been up to their grade or have been injured or problem dogs, you know, so we've, we've put in a lot of hard yards to get where we are. So I guess it would just be validating. And I guess as well, um, it's special in the fact that we get to share it with our families. Like Joe's dad, he absolutely loves the dogs. He always follows the dogs, always watches them. And so does my dad. My dad, as soon as the box draw comes out, my dad calls me up an hour later and dissects the form and tells me if they're going to win or not. So, Can Belmont Bullets spring an upset back-to-back weeks? Uh, the box is going to make it really, really tricky for him. Um, he's absolutely loves the inside, but um, I guess, as I've said a few times on different publications, it's the beauty of greyhound racing. You just don't know what they're going to do when they go in the boxes. I mean, he can on his night begin brilliantly and if he can begin brilliantly and find his way to the front who knows what's going to happen behind him um he's definitely not the fastest dog in the race but he's feeling brilliant and i know we've done everything we can so it's all going to be up to him you've put your heart and soul into the greyhound racing game for a very very long time what is it what is it that you love about greyhound racing that, that makes you tick in the world of greyhound racing just love the dogs like i love getting them and um just bonding with them, just you get dogs that even if you don't breed them yourself, you you get them and you form that special connection with them. And um, I do a lot of the travelling. Um, Joe tends to stay home and manages the fort at home and looks after the dogs and puts them on the walker while I'm racing or trialling because that's like my favourite thing to do. I just love being on the road with the dogs. You form such a connection with them and um, you just get this really close bond with them. And um then when you see what they do on the track, you just you just feel with such pride um, seeing them do what they love. I suppose it's likened to seeing your kids do really well in school or do really well at sports or something like that. You just, yeah, you just love them for what they do. We've spent many, many years, Kat, uh, producing and, and promoting the great sport of greyhound racing to so many. And I noticed on, again, the dog's website, the uh, the most recent video that you did, again, I guess, producing and, and being the, the star talent of that video, all about Belmont Bullet and the road to the Golden Easter Egg. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep promoting the great sport of greyhound racing the way you do. And... Who knows? Dare to dream. You never know what can happen this Saturday night with the Golden Easter Egg. Uh, wonderful night of racing ahead. Belmont Bullet, Cat Ernst, Joe McFadden. It just sounds right, doesn't it? Good luck with the egg. We wish you well. <laughs> Thanks, James. And again, I just like to thank the industry. I mean, aside from making the final, I think the whole industry and even the wider community, people that don't even know anything about racing that saw my video after the race, I think people connected with it and um, 
the amount of messages and well wishes we've had this week has just been out of this world. And so we've really felt the love and I can tell you maybe 50 to one, but if there was, um, if public sentiment and support meant anything, he'd win it by about 50 lengths, I think. So yeah, we, um, we couldn't be any happier and prouder of him and, and just overwhelmed with the support we've got. Everyone loves an underdog cat, so get Belmont Bull at home in the Golden Easter Egg. We'll be cheering for you and baby JC. We do have to give a good push to the Victorians on this podcast, but the the underdog story and, and, and your story with Belmont Bullet is extraordinary, so, so good luck. Thanks, James. We'll be doing our best. Well, that wraps up this podcast. Fantastic to have a chat with Kat Ernst. She's done everything in the world of Greyhound Racing, and maybe, just maybe, she might end up being a co-trainer of a Golden Easter Egg winner with their star, Belmont Bullet. So we wish her well. It was great to uh, to have a chat and a semi-deep dive into her uh, her life involvement in Greyhound Racing. So that wraps up this podcast. Good luck, happy punning, wherever you're having a play over the weekend, and happy Easter for Sunday as well.